Welcome back to another edition of the Champs Corner Podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. We've got a great podcast for you as you travel and listen on your Thanksgiving journey. You can subscribe to the Champs Corner Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, CastBox, however you listen to your podcast. Go back and listen to our podcast from last week where Mark Jennings gives us player comparisons on every recent Alabama basketball and baseball signee. Uh, we'll talk a recent Alabama commit, a little Iron Bowl here and there, and we'll answer some listener questions. Uh, but let me introduce Mark Jennings. How are you doing? Drew, I am fantastic. Not only is this the second time in the past week that we've had the podcast, I believe it was last Thursday we podcasted, and you know what's my favorite part of the week. I, I just love doing it. I love sharing my expertise with your listeners. Uh, it's just a fantastic day for me. I get to do this again, but it's also my birthday, Drew. Uh, you know, I turned 56 today. It's a big, big year for me. I feel it coming. I think this is going to be the best year of my life coming up. My dipping dots is going well. I'm breaking down film. I'm consulting with all these college and NFL teams. And I'm excited, Drew. It's been a great day so far. How are you doing? You know, I'm great. I didn't know it was your birthday and I wouldn't have been hounding you to do this podcast, uh, did you get a chance to celebrate? I did, Drew. You know, I'm a very thrifty person. I don't like spending a lot of money. No, I have a lot of money, thanks right. to my business expertise. But I don't like spending a lot of money. But today, I figured it's my birthday, so I was going to take the family out. We went to we went to Olive Garden tonight. Drew, me and the family got us some. I was planning to go for some some the never ending pasta bowl. Drew, do you know the never ending pasta bowl? I haven't been to Olive Garden in about eight years, Mark, so no, I'm not very familiar with that. It, well, it's the it's the best meal in America, without a doubt. The never-ending pasta bowl. But unfortunately, I got there tonight, and the apparently the promotion ended yesterday. And so I was not able to get the never-ending pasta bowl. So that was real disappointing, but they made it up to me. You know, I asked first, it's like, it's my birthday, can you bring it back for one day? They said... You know, the corporation will let them do that. But I got fixed up pretty good for my birthday. I got my free birthday uh, dessert that you get when you go to the restaurant. And it was just a fantastic experience. Enjoyed spending time with my wife and my son, Marcus. You know, Marcus, he liked to play the games with the Olive Garden. They've got this little contraption now set up at Olive Garden uh, at the end. Like this little thing. I don't know what you call it. This little machine where it helps you, like it makes you pay easier, helps you pay and it helps you pick out your food and order your food. But you also have a little games for the kids. So Marcus enjoyed playing that. I like that he can help develop his a- analytical skills because he's going to need to do that when he takes over my scouting business one day. But that's in the future, Drew. I had a great time at Olive Garden tonight. It was a fantastic experience. I, I, I have a great I have a great vision for what's going to happen to me. It's going to be my best year coming up, and I'm excited about it, Drew. Well, great. Well, hopefully we'll have a – a great number of podcasts for year 56. Uh, it's a big week. It's Thanksgiving um, in a couple of days, and it's also the Alabama-Auburn game in Tuscaloosa. And if I remember right, this is the game you normally try to go to because they're going to have so many recruits on hand, uh, and you can get a good eye test look at them. Is that going to be the case this year? Absolutely, Drew. You know, I, I talked, uh, you know, when we first started the podcast a few years ago, I always mentioned up, mentioned, how much the eye test means in evaluating the prospects and evaluating their physique 
and evaluating their body shape and how they're going to how they develop physically in high school and how they're going to be able to perform at the college level. And even though my life has changed drastically over the past three years with my Dippin' Dots business, now I own the golf course, the, the the basics haven't changed. You know, you have to stick with with the you know stick with the dance that brought you is I th- I believe the saying. So. I'm still breaking down film, and I'm still looking at prospects by the eye test. It's really one of the best metrics I have to determine the quality of the player. So I'm looking to be close down to the field. Not on the field, that's not my area, but down down in front where I can really see those prospects up close and personal. Yeah, and I know the Dippin' Dot stands, you've got so many of them. Is this a chance where maybe some of our listeners who get a Dippin' Dots at every game or two, uh, might they be able to find you? Well, I, I'm going to have – this is the game where I'm going to leave it all to Caden, my business manager, Caden. He's going to run all the Dippin' Dots operations. I'm going to be focused on the prospect uh, so I can, you know, really analyze their muscle tone and, 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 you know, how they develop physically and really if they're prepared to play. You know, you can look at a guy and say, well, this looks like a guy that's a good high school player. You look at some guys, guys like Julio Jones – uh, guys like Mark Barron back in the day, guys who are really developed not only you know throughout their entire body. We're talking about the upper body, the chest, the arms, uh, the torso, and then you got the lower body. You got the quads, you got the rear, and all those parts have to be developed uh, for me to make them a big time prospect. And I'm looking forward to see if what I'm seeing on film really matches up with what I see in person. All right, but uh, but no one's going to be able to get free dipping dots from you or anything like that, right? Uh, not this week, Drew. It's you know it's game seven or eight, whatever. Brian Diddy, you know we're well past. Uh, you know, as a, a businessman like myself knows, you do the promotions at the beginning of the season, and now we're at the end of the season. You got to pay full price. That's just the way that that good businessmen operate. Absolutely. So many recruits uh, on hand for this game, according to Bama Online, 247sports.com. You got Talia Tungavailoa, Brandon Turnage, Keelan Robinson making official visits, Antonio Alfano, Christian Williams. Probably most all the Alabama commits will be there. Some other big-time prospects, you know, uh, Nolan Smith, the five-star defensive end out of IMG Academy, Trey Sanders, five-star running back, Evan Neal, five-star offensive tackle. Those guys are supposed to make official visits. Other five stars going fi- uh, is Ishmael Sopcher from Amit, Louisiana, Nakobe Dean, linebacker from Horn Lake, Mississippi, Clay Webb from Oxford, uh, so many other guys. Uh, Noah Pola Gates, a four-star quarterback from Arizona, Ty Robbins from Arizona. So, and a lot of these guys, you can go to Bama Online see a, a complete list. Uh, and some of these guys may end up not coming just because of travel and Thanksgiving, but ton of guys you know when i covered alabama recruiting at games in 2014 just seeing so many guys on the field it was really something but uh anybody in particular that you want to get a good look at and and see if they pass that eye test absolutely you know the guy i'm looking forward to seeing the most is img academy offensive lineman evan neal he's a really elite player i didn't get to see him play at hoover a few weeks ago because we've talked about hoover's a real dangerous area and i don't like being there Honestly, I want to say this, Drew. I'm glad you're safe. I know you're at Hoover last week, and I was worried about you, and I was praying for you, and I'm glad my prayers were answered. You're able to make it out of there safely. But back to Evan Neal, you know, he's one of the best offensive tackles in his class. He's huge. He's 6'8, 360 pounds. What I'm looking forward to seeing is his muscle tone. You know, I want to see how big his rear is, how big his, his stance is, how wide he can get it. 
when he's playing that offensive line, how sturdy he can be. I want to see how big his biceps and triceps are to be able to shield off and really punch those defensive linemen that are coming at him, trying to get through him to get to the quarterback. He's the one I'm looking forward to seeing the most. All right, and we'll see if he ends up signing with Alabama. He's one of the top offensive linemen in the country. Alabama has a very good offensive line class. I'm sure they will make room for this guy. Hey, Mark, I was looking on the internet yesterday, or actually it may have been earlier today, and some scuttlebutt about Alabama co-defensive coordinator Pete Golding, who they just uh, got this year from Texas San Antonio, could be a front runner to be Oklahoma's defensive coordinator. And as you know, and maybe you recommended, Coach Lincoln Riley fired Mike Stoops in the middle of the season. Oklahoma's defense is not good at all, even though they have a lot of good recruits and uh, really, really talented players. But, uh, you know, uh, is this something um, you think this will happen, Mark? I know Alabama, we're getting to the meat of the season, but uh, is this something, you know, to be on the lookout for in the next couple months? Just, just to be clear here, Drew, you are asking me about the rumor that Coach Golding is going to go to Oklahoma. Just to make clear, that's what you're asking me. Yeah, just asking you what you're hearing. Let me ask you a question, Drew. Before yep. you started with your current job as the editor of a uh, of a prestigious uh, Pumps and Systems magazine, you worked for AL.com, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Would you call them a reputable organization? Well, absolutely. All right. I would agree with that. I think AL.com is a reputable organization. What I really enjoy when I read AL.com is the slideshows that they do. That's my favorite part of reading. So you know what a reputable publication is, correct? Yes, I do. Would you say that these rumors that you've heard would you say that they are coming from reputable publications? Well, when I when I looked uh, when I looked, when I googled Pete Golding, Oklahoma, it seems like pretty much everything is just a uh, part of a message board forum or a subscription site, and it's all tied into places like Sooner Scoop or Daily OK, something with Oklahoma. Like I said, look like all subscription sites, forums. Drew, like I am so glad you said that because you made my point for me. You know, it's it's a really a demand and supply issue, Drew. People demand information that makes them feel good about their teams and themselves. And so they're willing to pay money to have people tell them information that seems good and, and makes them feel better about themselves. And that's really all this is. If you're an Oklahoma fan... You're looking for a defensive coach from one of the best defensive staffs in the country. Then there aren't a lot of better defensive staffs in the country than Alabama. And so you're going to pay money to have somebody tell you that somebody from the Alabama defensive staff is going to come be the Oklahoma defense coordinator. It doesn't matter if it's true or not, but you're paying money to have somebody tell you that and make you feel good about yourself. You know, People, people pay money for stuff because it makes them happy. You know, why do you buy the stuff that you do? Because it makes you feel good about yourself. Why do you buy Coca-Cola? Because you like the way the polar bears roll around in the snow make you feel when you see the commercial. It's not any different with subscription sites. You know, these Oklahoma subscription sites are stealing people's hard-earned money and taking away gifts from under the Christmas tree for these people's kids so they can tell them stuff that isn't true. I find it real hard to believe that Pete Golding is going to leave 
to go to a Big 12 school where every defensive coordinator in the Big 12 gets fired after two years. I find that pretty hard to believe, Drew, and I just don't see it happening. You know, I recommended Coach Golding for his current job to the Alabama Athletic Director, and so I have a relationship with him and his family, and I have a relationship with the Alabama staff. And I just, I just find this really difficult to believe that he would go to Oklahoma, Drew. Yeah, I think so as well. And I think whatever financial incentives Oklahoma offers, I think Alabama would be able to match. But uh, speaking of Coach Golding, if he's there in a, in a couple of seasons, he'll have a chance to coach Pickens County defensive lineman Jamarian Latham. That's J-A-H-Marion, M-A-R-I-E-N, Latham. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, uh, or maybe it's Jamarian Class of 2020 defensive lineman was offered over the weekend and just committed to Alabama this week. Uh, it plays at Pickens County High School in Reform. I'm sure you've been there before, Mark. Uh, still doesn't have a rating yet. Probably doesn't even have an ESPN profile, but he does have a profile on other subscription sites. But what's uh, tell us a little more about this guy, Mark. Why is he unranked, and what do you know about him? Drew, what city did you say he was from? It looks like Reform, Alabama. Drew, it's called Reform. Reform, okay. You know, my mother's from Reform, Drew. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's called Reform. Sorry. Apologies to uh, Mama Jennings. Yeah, she's a graduate of Pickens County High School. Anyway, have you ever been to Reform, Drew? Apparently not, because you don't even know how to pronounce it. I've been to Cordo, which is uh, close by, but I've never been to Reform. Oh, yeah, my mother hates Gordo. But that's neither here nor there. If you've ever been in Reform, you can probably figure out why he's unranked. There's not a lot going on in Reform in Pickens County. Uh, for the listeners who aren't, you know, uh, uh, you know, aware of the geography of Alabama, uh, the, Pickens County it borders the mis- borders Mississippi. So that's really all you need to know about Pickens County. So he, there's not a lot of great prospects out of out of Pickens County. One was his high school coach, though, is Michael Williams. Played at tight end at Alabama a few years ago. I believe he was Coach Saban's first commitment, if I recall, or one of the first ones. He was up there. But, you know, let's talk about Jalarian Matham for a little bit. He's 6'3, he's 270. You know, he plays both sides of the ball. He projects, he projects as a defensive lineman. Uh, I like him a lot, Drew. He's a little plug in the middle. I don't. He's not very highly rated. He's not a guy who's going to go to a bunch of camps and, and have the, you know, the subscription sites look at him. But he's a pretty good player, Drew. He reminds a lot of another guy at a Hesperbob, Georgia. Uh, played his first year, couple of years at the Citadel. Transferred to Alabama and as a walk-on. Had two fantastic years for Alabama after that. Uh, a guy who really wasn't highly rated coming out of high school either, but really a fantastic SEC player. A guy by the name of Rudy Griffin. Do you remember Rudy Griffin, Drew? Yeah, that's the same coach, uh, Rudy Griffin, that's molding young men's lives at Hewitt Trustville High School, correct? He is. I believe he's either defensive line coach or defensive coordinator at Hewitt Trustville. He's a really he's a star, rising star in the coaching ranks. And I'm looking forward to see where his coaching career goes. But when I watch Marion Matham play, he reminds me a lot of Rudy Griffin. Yeah. I can definitely see where that makes sense. You know, uh, Rudy was always around the ball when he played, had a – I believe he had a tipped interception pick six against Mississippi State when he played. And uh, I could definitely see uh, Jamarian Latham turning into that kind of guy. And 
Uh, yeah, he's still got another year left, but you know they're they're they still alive in the playoffs. So he's had a big junior season, and uh, they're going to play Spring Garden at home. This is Pickens County, the third round of the playoffs this Friday. The big game uh, actually around the state is going to be Thompson at Hoover. You know, Hoover's won back-to-back state championships. Thompson's got Tolia Tungavailoa last year. Hoover beat Thompson in the third round of the 7A playoffs to go to the state championship after Thompson won the regular season game. This year, Thompson wins the, the week three regular season game at Hoover. You probably were not there. What do you What do you have going on on Friday? Well, Drew, first of all, are you going back? Are you going to the Thompson Hoover game at Hoover? You know, I will not be there. I've got a, a family commitment, so I'll be about four hours away from Hoover. So that's I think I interest. think that is a wise decision, Drew. You don't want to tempt fate that way. You got out of there once. I wouldn't go back. That's not a good idea. I'm certainly not going to Hoover, Drew. I, I, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm going to go to Pickens County and see that Spring Garden game and see Jamarian Latham. I've never seen him in person before. I'm interested in seeing him in person. Uh, you know, I have the opportunity. I've seen George Pickens already. I've seen uh, Talia Lagavatata already. I've seen them play. Uh, if I want to see either one of those play again, I might be. I'll probably be able to see them in Auburn uh, next week. You know, I, I'm looking forward to going to Auburn next week, Drew. It's really it's a fantastic SEC stadium. It's a great atmosphere. Uh, pro- you know, the best stadium in the SEC, in my opinion, is is at Auburn. So I'm looking forward to going there and seeing uh, one of those two players play there. But it's not worth my my livelihood, and it's not worth my well-being and health to go risk risk all those things at Hoover. So I'm certainly not going to Hoover. I'll be in reform. Yeah, look forward to getting a, a report from that next week when we have our podcast. After the Alabama-Auburn game, and that is coming up on Saturday, number one, Alabama – uh, 11-0, already clinched the SEC West. So in hindsight, this game doesn't matter a whole lot if Alabama can beat Georgia next week uh, and they'll go to the playoffs. Um, Auburn is 7-4, and four, obviously had high hopes coming into the season, had a rough stretch in the middle, losing to Tennessee, Mississippi State, uh, LSU in a last-second field goal. Got blasted by Georgia a couple of weeks ago. What are some? Uh, what are you looking for in this game? And we're not going to talk a whole whole lot about this before we get to uh, the best part of the podcast, which is the listener questions. But what's um, what when you actually thinking about the game itself, Mark? What do you think is going to happen? Well, you look at the Auburn defense, and they've got a good defensive line, and they're being they're able to shut down teams that aren't very good running the ball. But when you have elite offensive attacks, you know, teams that can really move the ball on the ground, teams like Georgia, the Auburn defense really struggles. You know, Auburn gave up over 300 yards rushing to Georgia, over six and a half yards of carry to Georgia. And so I think that Alabama's going to be able to run the ball pretty effectively. I expect a pretty good game out of Najee Harris. I think he's going to have more than 100 yards rushing. Uh, and that's going to really be the key to the game. I don't think Alabama's going to air it out 40 times because they don't need to. Um, you know, I just don't think the Auburn's defense line is very good, and I think that uh, Coach Loxley, that offensive staff, knows that. They know they're going to be able to run the ball, and that's where I think, uh, you know, the bread's really going to be made for Alabama. You know, Coach Malzahn, he's a really you know, offensive mastermind. He's going to come out with his, his, his little his plays and try to trick the defense, but – he knows it can only last so long, and Alabama's good defense is going to adjust, and they're going to figure out. and And I, I expect a big game. Auburn might score early, 
But I don't think that offensive, you know, if they score early, I don't think that offensive success is going to sustain for the whole game. And I think Alabama running the ball is going to be the key. Yeah, I, I can't see it being a big blowout. I think Alabama's going to win. The spread's about 24-and-a-half. I'm kind of seeing around a 35-13 to 13 type game. Um, you know, Auburn's going to play hard. I just don't think uh, – I'm not sure how – you know, I don't know. I don't know how checked out they are. But do you worry about Auburn being checked out mentally for this, uh, or does do you throw out the record books when it comes to the big rivalry games? Well, I don't think you throw out the you know throw out the record books. I think you look at the history of the rivalry. The better team usually wins this game. But it, it's it's you're not going to check out for the Alabama Auburn games. You're on either one of those teams. Now, all those years, the 2000s, Alabama's had pretty mediocre teams. Uh, during those pretty lean years. They never checked out for the Auburn game. They always competed and kept it close. So I think the Auburn players can show up and compete. I don't see them checking out at this point. All right. And, uh, well, let's get to some questions, Mark. Why don't you tell everybody how they can find you on Twitter and through email? And we pretty much, I think, get all of our questions on Twitter these days. Yeah, absolutely. First off, let me say the questions every week are fantastic. They've been fantastic. You know, there are a few of you that need to improve your questions, and I'll let you know that. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I love hearing from you guys. I love getting your questions. And I love sharing my expertise with all of you. If you want to find me on Twitter, that's really the best way to find me is on Twitter. You can follow me. You can you can send me questions. My Twitter handle is at MarkJennings55. That's at MarkJennings55, one word. Or you can find me if you want to email me. My email address is markbreaksdownfilm at aol.com. That's one word, markbreaksdownfilm at aol.com. Either one of those is fine. To be honest with you, I check the Twitter more because I enjoy that interface a little more and the immediate interaction that I can get with the public. Uh, but either one of those is fine. All right. Our first question comes from Dude Hennessy at change underscore up 19. Hey, Mark, first-time listener, long-time Twitter. We're now aware of how dangerous Hoover is, thanks to you. And let me interject that there were there were not very many people at this Hoover-Mountain Brook game last Friday. It was very surprising to me, but obviously people around here listen to the podcast. But uh, Dude wants to know, can you let us know some of the safer parts of Birmingham? Well, I was thinking about this today. You know, I, I'm struggling. I was struggling with the decision earlier to whether to go to Hoover, but now I decided to go to Reform. Uh, and I didn't really want to go to Hoover. I wanted to stay somewhere that's safe. And I was thinking of all the places that are pretty safe in Birmingham and all the high schools that I wish were hoping game or hosting games this weekend. And I started going. I started making a list. You know, Carver in Birmingham. That's a pretty safe place. Winona, Woodlawn. Uh, you know, perfectly fine there. Fairfield's pretty good. Jackson Olin. You know, I really miss, you know, Inslee and West End don't exist anymore, but those are always safe places to go. So if you find yourself in either of those areas of Birmingham, you are significantly in a better position than you are at Hoover. So I would, if I had a choice between, you know, a honeymoon in Natchez, Mississippi, we talked about on the previous podcast, if I had to do it all over again, I had to stay in central Alabama. The last place I would pick in Hoover is Hoover. I'd much rather honeymoon in a place like Inslee or near Winona or Woodlawn High Schools, or I'd, I'd go to Fairfield. Those are all fantastic places to go honeymoon, if you ask me, Drew. All right. Yeah, I've been to a few of those places to see some games myself. 
Thomas Jones at Big Cool nine 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 nine. He asks, who could possibly commit this weekend at the Iron Bowl? You know, given that so many big time recruits are going to be there. Well, when you're talking about commitments at the Iron Bowl, you usually don't see a lot. These weekends don't usually yield a lot of public commitments. Uh, these high school players have worked hard to develop their skills and their bodies throughout their career, and they don't want that overshadowed by the game. Uh, you know, some might wait a couple of days and commit. But if anyone does immediately after the weekend, I got my eye on 2021 Pinson Valley cornerback Jaquincy McKinstry. Uh, I think he's going to go public or pretty early at some point, probably before his junior year. He just finished his sophomore season, and so I would expect if if anyone, I would expect him. I think he's going he's to be yeah, as I have it right now. He's a top-rated cornerback in that 2021 class, and I think he's an Alabama lock, and he's going to commit pretty soon, in my opinion. All right, uh, K Dias twenty seven. He asks. He asks about a pro- prospect we have talked about before. Mark, can you break down what you have seen on film from Nakobe Dean, and who would you say he is most comparable to? And Nakobe Dean's one of the top inside linebackers in the country, really high level recruit. Drew, I believe I've given my comparison to Nakobe Dean on the pro- on the podcast before, have I not? Yeah, but obviously we have new listeners every week, so there's. People want to know. I didn't know. I didn't know I was supposed to do a big reveal or not. I wasn't sure. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. You know, I appreciate new listeners and people tuning in. I did. I wasn't sure. You know, I'm 56. I'm I'm getting old. I'm not remembering things as well as I used to. But let's talk about Nicobe Dean first. He's a six foot, 220 pound inside linebacker from Horn Lake, Mississippi. Really highly intelligent, a smart player. Great instincts for the game. I expect him to play. He's 220 now. I expect him to play about 250 in college, 250 pounds in college. He took an official visit already to Alabama over the summer, and I think he ends up there. You got the Texas A&M subscription site saying that they've got the inside shot at him, and they think that they're the leader, but that's not the case. Uh, he's going to end up at Alabama. I've compared him before to one of the more fantastic players I've ever really covered in recruiting. That's Danelle Ellerby. And, and that's really one of the highest and best uh, compliments I can give is compare a player to Danelle Ellerby. I love Nicobe Dean. He's a fantastic player. I think he's going to be All-American when he gets to the college level. Yeah, was this the same Danelle Ellerby who was the defensive MVP of the 2003 Shrine Bowl? That's correct, Drew. Drew, were you at that game? The no, Shrine but Bowl? I remember hearing about it. It was a fantastic game, Drew. It was one of the best games I've ever seen. I I loved I was there in person and Danelle Ellerby really earned that MVP award. Uh, really, just one of the best performances you're ever going to see in a football game. Uh, it really just stood out. You watched the game, you could easily tell that Danelle Ellerby is the best player on the field. And it was a fantastic performance by him, and I I, I loved it. And I, when I watched Nakobe Dean play, I get that same tingly feeling that I got when I watched Danelle Ellerby in the shot in the 2003 Shrine Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Faulkner Williams asks, uh, this is at Faulkner underscore W15. Mark, what are your thoughts on Coach Saban saying there's a possibility of changing up the long snapper and holder to help with the kicking game? You know, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I I don't think that Mac Jones is the proper holder uh, in the kicking game. There's not a problem with the long snapper. Thomas Fletcher is, at this point in his career, even though he's only been here for, what, two years, I believe, he's already the best long snapper in the history of football. Now, I'm not saying college football. I'm saying the history of football altogether. He is, he is. you know, people should watch them. If they knew what they were talking about, 
and they really knew the game of football, they would watch what he does with the long snaps and their draws would drop. Yeah, he's he's go ahead and, and make his shrine for Canton right now because he's got to be up there. Uh, I, the problem is not the long snapper. There's some holding problems, and I think that that might be a change might be necessary there. But it's definitely not the snapper. Yep. Um, Mark Torrance, that's Mark with a C. Mark Torrance asks, uh, or he says, first off, happy birthday. Second, do you think Damian Harris going through concussion protocol is a sign of weakness, or is this a part of a grand scheme to have Najee start against Michigan in the college football playoff semifinal? Thanks for all you do. First off, Mac, thank you for the question. I appreciate the happy birthday wishes. I got to be real honest with you, Drew. Concussions aren't real. They don't exist. They're made up. When we, when I was playing on the JV squad my senior year of college, none of my teammates ever got a concussion. And I was never on the field when anybody got a concussion. This is something that's made up by the liberal media, and they don't exist. I think that Damian Harris, you know, maybe got a little dinged up, and they're trying to cover it by saying he got a concussion. What's really wrong with Damian Harris, I don't know what the real injury is. But it's not a concussion because they, they don't exist. They're not things that, that occur. And so, it, of course, he doesn't have a concussion because those aren't things that happen. So, I, 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 yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Alabama medical team, but concussions don't exist. And I, I would like to know what's actually going on. Cause, but he doesn't have, a quote, it doesn't have a quote concussion, whatever that is. Interesting. All right. Uh, Will Harrison, that's at WBH underscore IV. What are your thoughts on Swervin Irvin Smith Jr. not being named a finalist for the John Mackey Award, which is the uh, given to the nation's top tight end? You know, also among the uh, omissions was Texas A&M tight end Jay Sternberger, who pretty much leads every leads all tight ends in every uh, important category in America. Irv, Irv Smith has really been fantastic this year as well. So what is uh, what is your thoughts there? Well, I, I knew John Mackey, you know, back when he was playing at Syracuse back in the day. Now, originally out of Roosevelt, New York, uh, spent his elder years in Baltimore. I attended his funeral. And I know John Mackey pretty well. He was a good friend before he passed away. And I gotta be honest with you, I, I think that he's rolling over in his grave right now, thinking that Irvin Smith is not on, on the the award a uh, uh, semifinalist uh, or finalist, excuse me, for the award named after him. That is absolutely ridiculous, and I think that he would agree with me on that. Yeah, I think it's ridiculous as well. Dylan at Diesel Jung, uh, do you think we are primed to lose more guys to transfer this offseason than usual with so many freshmen and sophomores performing so well? Yeah, I think that's fair to say that. Currently, I'm working with the, you know, the families of three current underclassmen to find them places for next year. You know, it's a business, Drew. You know, it, it really is. And you got to do what's best for you as a player. And a lot of these guys go to Alabama and aren't getting enough playing time. And, you know, you go to college and you really go to play football. You know, we say all those things about you go for the academics or whatever and the environment. But we all know that's not the case. You go to play football. And if you're not playing, you want to go somewhere else. I'm working with three families right now currently on the team. 
to have to find them a place to transfer. Uh, there's a receiver and a couple of linemen. Obviously, I'm not going to mention their names, but but I expect uh, I, I think that's a that's a good deduction on your part, Diesel Jung, for you to really figure out what's going on. I expect a few more transfers than usual this season. Yep. Uh, Bama Pro updates. He asks, uh, Mark, I had a question about Patrick McGee running back at Escambia Academy. He had 409 yards and six touchdowns in Escambia's AISA Class 2A semifinal game recently. Many say he's the best athlete from Escambia Academy since uh, three-sports star Paul Graham. I'm not not familiar with this guy. Do you know if any FBS schools are in on McGee? And uh, to let it be known, Escambia ended up losing in the AI in the 2A title game, I believe it was, to Otago Academy, and McGee was bottled up pretty good. I mean, yeah, I mean, you just said it, Drew. Uh, you know, he got bottled up in the AISA Class 2A semifinal game. You know, he might be the best player in Escambia Academy history, but, you know, I don't know. If you went to Escambia Academy, you know, you're probably not worth very much as an athlete. So, uh, you know, it's great he's the best player in Escambia Academy history. Yeah, but frankly, he's not a Division One player at the FBS or FCS level. I think he's a low-level Division Two player. He, he gets a lot of yardage because his offensive line that he has can be is bigger than everybody else that they play against, and they're superior to the other team's defensive linemen. But yeah, I don't think he's a uh, a big-time Division One player, Drew. All right, uh, Bama Willie at Will Hall seventy nine. <coughs> Excuse me. Says. If Alabama were to miss the NCAA tournament this year and Auburn makes it, do you think the athletic director, Mr. Byrne, would consider a coaching change or give Avery another year? I don't think so, Drew. I, you know, I hear about this a lot. I don't think Avery, I, Avery's job is pretty secure. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think there are a lot of people that get nervous that Auburn's got a pretty good team this year, and that makes them think that they want to. You know, get rid of Avery. But you look at what Coach Pearl did his first three years. We wasn't that impressive record-wise. It took him time to build up the program, and, and it's going to take Avery, Coach Johnson, my good friend, time to build up the program as well. So I, I don't see uh, Coach Johnson going anywhere uh, this year. I think he'll be back for a few more years to come. Yeah, same here. Miller Allen 93 asks, uh, similar to breaking down high school film, do you break down any assistant coaches to advise schools on good hires for young talent in the coaching field? If so, could you give any insight on this process? Well, you know, you can't really quote-unquote break down any assistant coaches because it's really hard to know what's going on behind the scenes. But, you know, I mentioned before how I do consulting work for all these teams and, and how they're trying to break down opposing defenses or trying to break down the opposing offense. I do keep a list of talented assistant coaches that I can bring up to people that hire me for their athletic departments that hire me and NFL teams that hire me for consulting work. They're always looking for the up-and-coming coaches, and I have a list for them I can always give them. So I'm always looking out for good talent at the young at the, at the college level and the the really the at these at these days. Colleges are willing to hire high school coaches. I have that list, too. So, you know, I'm always available for giving them that information. Now, I also have a list of people they shouldn't hire. You know, we I talked about this earlier. I tweeted about a few weeks ago about 
uh, what's going on in the state of Ohio at that Big Ten school and how I told that athletic director is a bad idea to hire a certain uh, assistant coach and that coach that athletic director didn't listen to me and they hired him anyway and look what's happening now so sometimes teams take my advice and sometimes they don't uh, but it always works out from best in the end when they listen to me absolutely we will end the podcast with this question from drew smalley that's at drew smalley mark it was clear from saturday what alabama needs to work on the most this week is the condition of the field at bryant denny stadium as an export golf, expert golf course manager that knows how to maintain pristine greens, what advice do you have for the Alabama grounds crews this week? Well, first off, it's not just the greens that are in fantastic form. My course it's the fairways, it's the rough, it's the bunkers, it's the island greens that we have that we can keep properly maintained. So really the entire course is kept in fantastic position. Uh, excuse me, uh, it's kept in fantastic shape. Uh, as for, you know, I told you before, I talk with Mr. Byrne every week, and he asks for my advice on certain things, and I'm not, I'm not uh, able to publicly tell everyone what we talked about with regards to maintaining the field condition in a proper shape uh, for a program the size of Alabama. I cannot discuss whether or not I gave him advice on that matter during our weekly phone call. All right, that's uh, good enough for me. Good enough for you, Drew. I hope. I appreciate the question. I'm that sorry. Was... I'm sorry. I can't be more explicit about it, but I tried. To, I hope you understand what I'm trying to tell you uh, with my answer. Absolutely, Drew. Did you well, get it? I, yeah, I think I did. Okay, good. Hopefully, our listeners will will as well. Uh, but that'll wrap up this week's edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. You can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and more. Please tell your friends. Please follow at Mark Jennings 55 on Twitter. Follow me at Drew Champlin. Uh, Mark, thanks again for joining us and taking some time out of your birthday to uh, talk to our listeners. Drew, it's the best birthday gift I could ever get is coming on the podcast, and I hope we do it again real soon. We will do that next week. And we will talk to you guys soon.